Now, I think I probably grew up in a, a pretty <clears throat> traditional home and a, a traditional church and, and heaven it seemed like it was always mentioned as far as after death and which is I believe in fully but at the same time it, it can end up we end up discounting this life in, in our day-to-day -day experiences in the presence of God and the reality of that grace in our day-to-day -day life so it's important to I think recognize and experience it heaven in both ways there and also this week I just kind of had this synergy or this meshing of all these words between heaven and grace and God's love and I go how do you even distinguish these words they were just all kind of converging they're I guess it's kind of like the trinity they're they're different but the same at the same all at once <clears throat> and so um it can get not confusing but it's just something that we we hold and they kind of blend together but as a child, uh, I know um, I went to church, my family and I, we went to church every Sunday at the Wiley United Methodist Church. And the church there, the town was maybe a little bit bigger than, um, than Mancus and, and probably about the same size as, as our church here. And what I remember most about going to church on Sunday mornings was just the, the quiet and the stillness in the church. And just that feeling of inner peace, that, that ease and comfort that many of you have, have mentioned. And I also remember how welcoming uh, the adults were in the church to me. And they would shake my hand or give me a hug and, and they'd ask me about my life. And I got this awareness that, that I mattered, and that, that I had value, and that was from them. And I also realized now that that, that that church was kind of like a second home to me, a place where I felt safe and secure and I could just sit and not have to say a word. And I just really have grown to appreciate that more and more when I think about that experience. And then I also realized that, you know, mentioning church, uh, that it's not always a positive experience uh, to everyone. But for me, as I, I look back on that time, that little church that I went to as a youth what was just a, a cocoon of kindness. It was a very nurturing environment. And today as a, a middle-aged man, I would even call it a smidgen of heaven. I didn't think of it as that at that time, but it was a piece of heaven for me. And as many of you have touched on, is heaven a, a far off place that we only go to after death? Or can we experience heaven here on earth. And I think it's very important for us to have those experiences and those images because that's what inspires us to transform the culture and the communities that we are, are living in. And maybe as some of you mentioned, maybe we think of, of streets of golds covered with glorious light. Maybe we have images of, of mansions on, on a hill or an endless buffet of the finest food. I think we've mentioned all these things <laughs> and I think they're all wonderful too. <laughs> but Wayne Mahler says, is heaven just a feeling of ease or peace? Perhaps a melting of worry into a deep pool of contentment or leaning back into trustworthy arms. I love that image of heaven, just leaning back into trustworthy arms. And I can remember when Jennifer and I, uh, our first couple of dates, once uh, she asked me, she says, what do you want out of life? What are you looking for? 
And I remember just saying, I just like to be able to sit on a back porch somewhere with a glass of, of iced tea with someone that I love deeply and just enjoy the beauty all around us. And for me, that's a, just a, an image of heaven. It's so simple and so available to all of us. <clears throat> and I would like to live in heaven. Uh, uh, I firmly believe that we'll, we'll, we'll be in heaven after death. But to me, the bigger question, can we experience heaven on this side of the grave and live in that beauty and live in that comfort and peace? It may be it won't happen 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But we have enough of heaven. We feel it and experience it to really transform the way we see the world. And then I ran across a quote from Emily Dickinson, made me kind of want to read a little bit of her and her life. And it's wonderful poetry, but she said, heaven is what I cannot reach, the apple on the tree. Well, it's a beautiful verse, but it's also very depressing. <laughs> constantly trying to reach heaven, but never quite being there. So can we experience and can we obtain heaven or paradise in this life? Can we have those moments of pure beauty and comfort and assurance? <clears throat> and the Pharisees, they, they asked Jesus, when is the kingdom of heaven coming? When will it be here? Maybe they have this distant view of heaven. And he says, heaven is among you. And some translations say heaven is within you. And later he says, <clears throat> repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. In the words that the translation I like for repent is have a new mind, have a new way of thinking and seeing and experiencing heaven. It's not just the afterlife but we can experience it in the present moment. <clears throat> so where is the promised land, the celestial city or paradise? In many traditions uh, speak of the kingdom of heaven as a faraway utopian community. And I think this is good, but at the same time, we can end up discounting the value of each day that we have right now. After death, if we get to heaven, Mahler says it is it is our, our final release from the bondage, a place free of troubles, where everyone will be lifted up in happiness and joy. But sometimes with us and maybe people I've, I've talked with, and even myself at one time in my life, there can be a lot of anxiety, a tremendous amount of anxiety about getting to heaven. <laughs> will we make it there like it's something that we achieve or, or, or do? And I always remember there was a young boy in our after-school program here in Mancus, and he came from a, a very uh, troubled and a very combustible household. And he asked me, he said, will my family make it to heaven? And how should I respond to him and all the fear and all the anxiety? And I told this young boy that, yes, your family will be in heaven. And just seeing the, the strain lift from his eyes, offering that, that peace and that comfort. And I remember uh, Marge Garrett, who um, those of you, when all of you have been in our church, but all the stained glass windows. And as Marge was dying, um, one time she asked me, she goes, Craig, I've really been laying awake at night. I've been troubled uh, by something. She goes, can I ask you something? I said, sure. 
And she goes, when I lived in Kansas City, she said, my best friends were Jewish. She goes, will they be in heaven? She goes, will they be in heaven with me? And she was really very concerned about this. And I remember telling Marge, I said, well, Marge, it's, it's not my decision and it's not my call. But what I can tell you, Jesus was a Jew. And I'm pretty sure he's in heaven. So I think they'll probably be okay. <laughs> and we just laughed about that and just, just that, that comfort it brings, the, the assurance. And Richard Rohr says, one of Jesus's most revealing one-liners, and I love this, is rejoice that your names are written in heaven. And this is from Luke 10. Rejoice, have joy. Our names are written in heaven. And then he says, if we could only trust this, it would change our whole life agenda. That we are there. Our names are written in heaven. It would change our whole life agenda. And in scripture, Jesus rarely spoke about heaven as a place, but as a quality of heart. And this is what all of you have mentioned. A practice of attention. A way of being lovingly awake. Awestruck by beauty and grace of the ordinary. Everyday things in our life, says Muller. And we have all these pictures of heaven or metaphors for heaven that Jesus gives us like heaven is like a mustard seed it's like yeast mixed in flour it's like a pearl of great price and heaven is precious it's beautiful it's a delight it's a blessing and it's often present in the very small things in life paradise is in our common days our ordinary lives. And when we notice it, that ordinary life becomes extraordinary. And the seeds of heaven are sown in the small and the ordinary, which becomes quite amazing. And we can look for the extraordinary, the grandiose mansions or the very dramatic, and we can experience it that way. But the glory of God, the kingdom of heaven is also in the very common small moments. And Jesus talks about this quite frequently. Frequently, We have that wonderful verse that if we are faithful in the small things in life, then we will be faithful in the large things as well. And as many of you have mentioned just in some of your comments, think of all the very small, beautiful moments in life that we often overlook, maybe because of our pace or our busyness. And do we take time to reflect on those and really breathe them in deeply and say, this is heaven. This is heaven. Maybe a mother makes hot chocolate for her children on a cold winter day. And just the grace and the love in that gesture. A teacher warmly hugs every child as they walk into her classroom. A grandpa teaches his grandson how to cut a board. And all of these small blessings that we often overlook because we're busy or moving too fast or maybe we take them for granted, are they morsels of heaven that we need to taste and spend time with and give thanks for? Catherine of Siena said, all the way to heaven is heaven. I love that quote. That was a favorite quote from Dorothy Day, matter of fact, all the way to heaven is heaven. 
And it's this notion that every moment each day is full of heaven. Is heaven being born every day? And do we notice it and enjoy it and experience it? Heaven is as close as our next breath, it is as tender as a flower or a tulip. It is as intimate as the touch of a loved one. And it is common, it is as common as the water that we drink. I know lately um, on Friday nights, Jennifer and I, we've been ordering a pizza up at the Absolute Bakery. And we always get the RBG, the Ruth Bader Ginsburg, which is basically the kitchen sink. They just load it up with everything. And on, on a couple of nights though, we, we know one of the cooks there. And when we bring the, the pizza back home and we open up that pizza lid and on the inside cover of that lid, the, the cook sometimes write us little notes. And sometimes she'll say something like, Craig, Craig and Jennifer, enjoy your pizza and have a good night. Well, for me, that's heaven. <laughs> Not only do we get to enjoy a wonderful pizza, but to be blessed by those words. Something very simple and small, but life changing as well. Muller says, for Jesus, the gifts and the blessings of heaven, happiness and peace and contentment and ease and joy, these are the traits of being gratefully awake every day to the small blessings. And maybe that's the practice of experiencing of being gratefully awake every day, which means we have to slow down a little bit. I forget who said it, if our only prayer is thank you, that is enough, just to say thank you. Heaven is all around us. Heaven is born in a good word or a kind word, a loving glance, a moment of tender understanding. Heaven is first of all now, and therefore it's surely later, says Richard Rohr. That's a great quote too. Heaven is first of all now, so it is surely later. So may we see and experience the gift of paradise in the small things. And may those experiences inspire us to help bring heaven here on earth. Amen.